everyone to another episode of the Express Lane podcast. Uh, today we have uh, Jean-Marc Picard from the APTA as our guest on the show. And I'm Suzanne. I'm co-hosting today with um, President Andy Keith. Hello. And welcome Jean-Marc. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for, for hopping on. So I guess maybe you can talk a little bit about your title at the APTA and uh, what what is it? What does it do? And a little bit about it. Okay. Well, um, I'm the executive director and I've been at the helm of the association for 11 years, actually, this month. So um, lots has happened over those years, lots of changes, and uh, we can talk about that later. But uh, it's been quite a, an experience, quite a, um, a journey. And uh, our, our, our main mandate, if you want, is to, we're, you know, we're the voice of the commercial trucking industry in Atlantic Canada. We're, we're the advocacy group that uh, represents uh, the members in front of government. And, um, you know, we also do a lot of other things um, that complement our main roles, such as um, educational uh, conferences. Um, we have our truck show over two years. We have uh, a couple of fun events, you know, golf tournaments, uh, and our awards dinner as well. So we're, we're a busy association. We're only a small team of uh, three. And, um, but we, we do a lot. So, and we represent the four provinces, which is unique because other provinces, uh, they only look after the one province. So, but we, since we're so, um, not small, but close together and, and work a lot with the other provinces, it, it felt that it was probably better to represent all four. So basically that's, that's what we do. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been uh, great so far. Hard to believe you've been there for 11 years, isn't it? I know, like I was last year we celebrated 10 and all of a sudden with COVID it flew by and here we are. So it's, it's funny because it's been, um, our most, my most challenging year was my, my, my 11th year, I guess. And, um, but we, we, I think we, we did okay. It was, you know, ups and downs, but, um, throughout it all, we, uh, I think we, we did all right. And it's, it's the year where I did the most, um, lobbying advocacy, um, you know, constantly, if you want week after week, usually it's, it's one hot topic and you focus on that for a few months and then something else comes up. But this has been constantly, um, you know, in the forefront of, of my days, my weeks is COVID. So it's been, uh, it's been quite a year. Yeah, I think I can speak on, on behalf of all other carriers, whether whether they've been involved in the APTA or currently involved in the APTA, but you guys have done uh, such a great job in keeping us all informed with the uh, kind of ever-changing news that, uh, you know, the health systems are, are uh, presenting to us and, and you've kept us up to date on, on you know, um, safety practices and this and that, so... A big thank you. I know I've spoken to, like you mentioned, the tight-knit community here in the Atlantic provinces. I've talked to, or I, I consistently talk to a bunch of different other carriers around the, the Atlantic provinces. And and uh, I know we've all talked about how um, 
how important the role of the, the, the trucking association has been throughout all this and <clears throat> how, how great of a job you guys have done. So thank you, um, first of all. Uh, I think it's been uh, a huge help for all of us and a, a nice kind of backbone of support um, that we can all kind of rely on and we all use for that daily guidance throughout the what you said has been probably the most challenging year for all of us uh, in the industry and in a lot of different industries, obviously, but. Um. We, we, uh, we, you know, it's, you know, first of all, appreciate the, the, the great comments and the positive feedback. Um, but it's, it's funny. We, it's funny how we um, <clears throat> have risen up from, you know, uh, being the big trucks on the road to, um, essential uh, workers in essential industry and how people are seeing us now as um, not just a great industry, but really an, um, an industry where um, without it, I mean, it, it'd be not just chaos, but it'd be like food supply and, and medical supplies would go short. And, and people realize that now because uh, especially, you know, when you talk to the government, they, you know, obviously they probably realized it before, but now more so than ever. And it was, it was uh, right off the get go. It was okay. Trucking has to keep moving and we'll do whatever we can to make sure that they keep moving and uh, and keep their drivers safe so it was um it was refreshing to hear that and um you know the thank a trucker campaign was a big <clears throat> i guess sign of of uh, how responsive the country was to uh, our industry to make sure that we had what we needed to keep moving so it was uh, we can we can jump right into that if you want but it was certainly nice to maneuver throughout the maneuvering throughout the COVID was was tough but that thank a trucker campaign uh made it a lot easier for myself and for others to um you know to to help throughout the challenges um earlier on so yeah and maybe you can give listeners a little recap of what the campaign was and and the goals behind it yeah so you know Yes, we were made essential by the government, but you know we quickly realized that the more we, um, you know, the more the pandemic spread, the more the virus spread, the more um, you know states and provinces were putting up measures, protective measures, uh, new regulations. Okay, you, so there was a lot of things we couldn't do, and uh, all you know businesses were closing, restaurants were were if they were closing, they were reducing their hours significantly and drive through only, uh, all this stuff made it even more challenging for us. Um, as you probably know, and I mean, drivers, not only they were driving into areas where there was high volumes of, of COVID, but, um, the other stress was where, where am I going to eat? Where am I going to park? Where am I going to use the washroom? Mm -hmm. All those things. Right. So, when we when we launched a truck I think hashtag thank a trucker with with CTA, um, that's where you know the messages the um, people that wanted to help started pouring in from the small mom and pop restaurants in Nova Scotia to you know McDonald's for chalet all those big 
big outfits that wanted to help as well. So it was was really nice. I mean, my media presence went from you know through the roof just because of that. Um, it was, and it was it was something that we needed to um, take advantage of. I think, and um, as much as we were living in a really negative time uh, for everybody, you know, we we. We took advantage of the situation to uh, say, okay, well, you know, trucking now, everybody looks at trucking like um, from another set of eyes that, you know, we are important. We, our drivers are um, really um, huge to everybody's lives. Um, they're risking their own going through uh, the pandemic to deliver the goods. So, you know, everybody was kind of like really grateful, really, uh, I mean, I've had people call me, where do I take my driver's test? I want to become a truck driver. Yeah. Like, yeah. <clears throat> I, mean, I was just going to say, we, we were hiring for a, another position here in the office currently. And <clears throat> excuse me, I had an interview with somebody yesterday and they said that uh, they're applying for the position um, because of kind of what they've learned over the last few months. Um, yeah. of what the industry does, how important it is. And I mean, this, this person's worked in, in related kind of industries, the construction industry, or, you know, has been around heavy equipment, but it kind of solidified to them that they wanted to be involved in this industry, which is kind of cool to hear. It's, it's, yeah. uh, I guess, one of the positive things, one of the few positive things that COVID's brought to the yeah. table. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's, um, you know, we, 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 especially that um, the media really helped as well um, jump on board and say, okay, wow, like you guys are, are really doing exceptional work. Um, your drivers are, are not only faced with this challenge, but their own really uh, own little challenge throughout the day, like food and protective gears and all that. So I think that, you know, it, it really, um, I don't know. There's there's a word I'm looking for just to, to put on it that the, the industry uh, we needed this as much as we don't need COVID. Yeah, uh, we needed this um, campaign throughout the COVID so bad, and it was almost like a um, a silver lining throughout COVID for the trucking industry, if you want, because um, governments I think respect us more now. Uh, media, the general public, things like that. And that's, I think that that's what we needed. And I think it's going to help us down the road to, like you said, recruit and um, the work that needs to be done uh, at, maybe at the government level or with other stakeholders, probably going to be done much faster now, maybe easier. So it's, um, I think there's a lot of positive that are going to come from this. Yeah. Yeah. I think the piece on recruitment, um, as I do recruiting here, I think because less and less young people are kind of getting into the industry, this just shows like we were fortunate enough to be able to continue working throughout the whole pandemic. And there were a lot of businesses and a lot of industries that were negatively affected and that couldn't continue their work or had to downsize, et cetera. So this just shows that there is literally always work available. Like you, if you're a truck driver, you always have work to do. Yeah. And more, I mean, more so than ever. I mean, um, it's it's really ramped up. Um, I think it's it's fast tracked the the um, 
some areas of our business like home deliveries, you know, online shopping, that's going to, so those, those things are, are, we're changing in our industry, but now I think it's fast tracked quite a bit. And, you know, some yeah. companies have to look at doing home deliveries now if they want to, they want to offer that full supply chain, that full integrated logistics supply chain to their customers um, that look for not only moving it from a warehouse to the warehouse, but also to their to their customer's door. So that's one part of things that has evolved tremendously. And the other side of it is, is from a technology standpoint, there's a lot of things that um, will come out of this. I mean, um, probably less contact with you know, customs, uh, enforcement, things like that, automate a lot of things, maybe uh, electronic licenses, electronic registration that, you know, instead of passing papers along, which which is going to make us really uh, efficient. And um, again, that's something that, that needed to get done. And I think that, that this COVID is going to bring out some of that positive, uh, like I just mentioned. Yeah, it's funny. I think internally here at, at Seafood Express, it's, Again, one of those kind of silver linings of COVID that's, um, you know, there were still some areas where we were still dealing with an awful lot of paperwork on a daily basis and, and this and that. And it's it's just simply forced us to get into that digital um, age, so to say. And, you know, it's something that we knew we had to do for the last, you know, five, six years. It just wasn't something that we were maybe willing to. I mean, it's a big change operationally. But once it's made and people are used to the new way of doing it, it's definitely a more efficient way of, of dealing with, you know, paperwork and invoicing and billing customers and stuff like that. So it's, um, you know, you always try to look at the positives out of all this, uh, this kind of COVID negativity around us. It's definitely one of the things that we've embraced as a, as a, as a company. And I know other carriers are the same. Um, so yeah, you're right. I think, uh, over the road, it's, it's totally, change the way our drivers deal with, you know, shippers, receivers, and like you said, border agents and stuff like that. And, and everything's just kind of done. Um, you know, it almost is kind of like that, that blockchain mentality that everything is just kind of peer to peer and done digitally kind of pre-arrival. And it makes for, um, you know, that, that kind of snowballs, when you're talking to do with uh, another topic we'll discuss with which like with driver logs and wait times and delay times and this and that. And, um, you know, you talk about delay times when COVID first started, we were seeing, I don't know, but uh, what, if you've seen this or you've heard this from other carriers, Jean-Marc, but we were seeing some, you know, longer, uh, longish delays at the borders and at customers and receivers when all this stuff kind of first changed and, and everything became contactless and, and that, you know, was an added expense to us as a company to say, you know, well, now we have to pay for longer driver wait times and this and that, and there's not much we can do about it. But um, it, like I said, it's kind of that spiral effect that yep. that improved or that, that digital technology is improving efficiency and it's, it's cutting back on, it's allowing the drivers to, to keep, you know, keep the wheels turning, so to say, and, and not be waiting at shippers and receivers for long periods of time and this and that. Uh, you're exactly right, and um, you know I think I think that it's probably going to help um, the shippers and the receivers realize um, a lot of things as well that you know our our, our time is important, and um, 
you know, driver's time is important and you don't, you know, you don't like to sit there a couple of hours. And <clears throat> I think that, that throughout this, there, you know, a lot of customers realize that and, um, and are probably going to make some efforts to streamline some of the things that make our operations more efficient now, along with, um, you know, eliminating a lot of the paperwork. So, yeah, I know definitely there's, there, I've been hearing a lot of, a lot of good things. Um, I think that it, it did expose a lot of uh, maybe gaps in this in the system maybe you know throughout this um, some things that maybe we didn't realize before that now we do like um, you know like it, there's a lot of checks and balances that need to be done when you're trucking especially if you go to the US and and we we saw how important it is for everything to keep functioning um 24 7 every day like um you know the fast the fast card um you know everything like your license your registration like when everything shut down it, we had to extend everything right so it, it showed us how important it was for everything to keep moving at a, at a pace to um to enable us to continue to operate and as soon as one of those things uh, it's not operating, it can completely buckle you, right? Um, oh, yeah. So it, it was really, wow, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, this is, uh, I, I, you know, I, I personally didn't realize how much we rely on uh, certain things to keep operating. And even as to the point where, you know, going for a medical to, for your license, you know, doctors can't even accept truck drivers now because they've been traveling. Uh, which is sad and you know we've been out there traveling not myself but drivers for the last year throughout COVID and we don't say boo um, and now we're trying to get a doctor's appointment and they can't see us we have to isolate two weeks because of our travels it's I don't know I think that there's there should have been uh, there should be ways around that there should be you know obviously uh, with the right precautions we could we could handle it a little better instead of just saying no but those you know those things uh, obviously uh will get better with time and um you know hopefully a vaccine will help mm -hmm. but again back to my point um crucial crucial how we rely on other things to keep our operations and uh, customs is one of them and and things like that so um like I said, the government's been really great in enabling us to continue to operate by, you know, making some exceptions throughout their, you know, the system, um, which, which has been phenomenal. Would you say a lot, so the challenges that you've been working on since the beginning of COVID almost a year ago, are a lot of those challenges the same of what you're working on right now, or has it kind of adapted or... Well, uh, you know, earlier on, some of the challenges were, okay, like, what's going to happen when I get to the border? What's going to happen when I get to Ontario? So there was a lot of unknown. We didn't really know how, um, if we we're going to get turned around, if we we're going to get a, you know, a test, whatever the case was. So we had to really maneuver through, uh, through those challenges. And with the help of you know, Canadian Trucking Alliance, obviously when some federal, um, something is, is administered federally, we needed 
their support, uh, you know, tremendously. So that helped. So that, that was early on. Then you, you know, we fell into that, oh, restaurants are closing. Um, you know, drivers were worried where they're going to sleep, where they're going to eat. So that, you know, that certainly posed a lot of challenges. So it kind of evolved into, um, different areas as we moved along. Certainly there's some that are still there, but, um, like recently, you know, some of the, uh, fast card offices have been closed. So that's an issue and, you know, things like that. So, so I mean, they've changed. Uh, some of them are still somewhat present, but there's been a new set of challenges like almost weekly, which has been, uh, like even the Atlantic bubble, when it disappeared, you know, we got a lot of calls. What does that mean for us? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, rotation, when they came out with the, the term rotational workers, that posed a lot of challenges for drivers. What does that mean for me? Am I, do I fall into that? So every province kind of evolved into setting up their own um, set of regulations, if you want, around COVID, which created a lot of confusion at first. So... You know, all those things, it, it really, um, I guess, at the end of the day, every, like I said, every week there seems to be something else that we have to deal with. And now in New Brunswick, we're faced with, we're going to start testing drivers mm-hmm. every week. So what is that going to look like? Where are we going to get tested? When does that start? What? Who should get tested? So it, it creates a whole new set of challenges for our industry. So we got to, you know, we've been talking to government for the last two weeks now, trying to figure out the best, um, the best scenario for them and for us, you know, that's going to be efficient. That's not going to bog down the system. That's going to be not as intrusive that, you know, uh, for the drivers, things like that, uh, flexible. So, I mean, huge, huge, um, task to take on, but that's the flavor of the month. That's in turn, you know, in terms of the challenge. <laughs> yeah, I would say one of our, our biggest challenges right now is, um, at least that I've noticed is with recruiting drivers. I have a handful of drivers that are in Europe right now that have their LMIA, they're waiting to come and there's just so many restrictions and, then their work permits, it's, there's a bit of a delay with getting their work permit. And then if they come, they have to do a two-week isolation because they were out of Canada. It's just, it's added a lot of delays to the recruitment process. And, and even boxes where they go for their interviews, the offices were closed. And you have to book an appointment online. And there was like a six-month wait. Wait, It's been, uh, you know, I, I, you know, it's been really... Um, not interesting, but it's it's it can certainly has speed up uh, how you understand the trucking industry when you're when you're you know working with all these different um, departments and and uh, trying to make sure that you know our industry is looked after because we're again we're essential we need to we need to keep moving so and I've I've heard that Suzanne bef- you know with other companies that they're you know, their phone workers, it's been really challenging. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we need them. We, it's, you know, it's, it's a form of recruiting for us that's been working great for years. So we need, we certainly need them. For sure. I think we haven't really touched on it and we'll, we'll likely move on to, to the uh, ELD mandate. Uh, but one thing I do want to, you know, another thing that we haven't really discussed regarding COVID is kind of the, 
um, economical challenges, I guess, that we face. Like, you know, even when it comes to, and something that we've always kind of taken for granted maybe is, you know, a truck has a breakdown over the road um, and he's, you know, the driver's down in somewhere in the United States, for example, and the shop, it's an easy fix, but supply for that particular part is, uh, you know, it has to be, uh, it's so in demand or, or it's so backlogged because factories have been shut down in the United States and this and that because of COVID outbreaks that, you know, a simple, um, I can't really name a part, I'm not a, a huge maintenance guy, but call it whatever, a, a, um, an airbag or something that needs to be replaced over the road. If you're in a certain area, you might not be getting that airbag for, for a few days and, and there's extra delay time for, for the carrier and, and for the driver. And, you know, it's just uh, even here in the office, if, if we're looking at, um, you know, hiring a, a new staff member and they need a computer or a phone, everything just is, takes longer, you know, and, and you used to kind of take that for granted to be like, oh yeah, sure, I can get that in a couple of days. Yeah. Well, now it's a couple of weeks or, you know, there's, I remember when this first started, um, you know, we said pretty much right away, okay, well, we're going to be doing a, a, a heck of a lot of video conferences and we still have, well, we waited like two months to get a good video conference set up for our boardroom. And, you know, that's, that's just a one little thing, but you'd think that, or, or I guess you took, um, you just assumed always before all this happened that, that this stuff's just readily available. And now with, with, uh, with COVID in the mix, just everything takes longer. Um, so you have to, you have to schedule for it and you have to prepare for it and you have to be more, um, you know, forecast what you need a, a, a longer period out. So it's just, uh, it's just another added challenge that, that all, I mean, not just, the trucking industry, every every company that's that's um, you know thankfully still in business, we're all facing the same thing, and and I guess that's one thing that we always try to keep in mind is, you know, we're not going through this alone. There, there's every other company that's you know across the street or down the road or you know in the next province or wherever. We're all facing the same issues. So, um, you know, a little. Uh, uh, our, our health minister always says uh, to just remember to be kind to people. And, and uh, I think that goes a long way. We're all, people are, you know, sometimes kind of feeling like uh, a little uh, extra stressed out or, or because of it, it's just this kind of thing that's, you know, this cloud that's over all of us. And it's, it's like Suzanne said, almost a year since it's been in our part of the world. So it's, it's just crazy to think that, that it's been a year and, and, I think everybody's done a great job at adapting, yeah. but the, it's that constant reminder, just like, you know, if you can't get a part for something right away, it's easy to get frustrated and get, and get mad at that person on the other, other end of the phone that's telling you that, but you know, there's <laughs> yeah. nothing they can do about it. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? It's, um, and I think everybody's a little bit more understanding of, um, of those issues now, of those delays. And again, it shows how important we are to mm -hmm. everyone's lives. Cause sure, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, um, but you're right. I mean, we had a, we had a, well, we saw a story about a driver uh, in the U S that got in a, into an accident. And so he had to go for his, he had to go to a clinic for his, um, drug and alcohol test. And, uh, it was like, 
almost chaotic where he was because of the COVID cases at the clinic and all that. So it, it was really an eye opener for him. And it was, you know, it, it went through social media um, quite a bit. So it was, it was kind of a, you know, an eye opener that, you know, we're somewhat lucky here to um, be well, I guess, uh, managed. Um, the provinces are doing a great job into managing mm -hmm. their, their individual situation. And, mm -hmm. but again, we're new, it's trial and error. It's, uh, yeah. it's really, um, we've kind of dove right in. Well, exactly. No choice. Exactly. And for our listeners, uh, Jean-Marc is in New Brunswick and we are on PEI. So this is all being done over Zoom. There is uh, just like another Zoom meeting that yeah. we've all been doing. <laughs> Virtual, yeah. So quality of the microphones and the sound might not be top-notch, but we're working with what we have and, and that'll do. Um, did we want to touch on the ELD mandate? Sure. Yeah. Um, so the ELD mandate um, for Canada, uh, we've been talking about it for four or five years now. And um, uh, the Federal Minister of Transportation um, signed out, off on it a couple of years ago that uh, June 12, 2021, it would be mandated for all commercial trucks um, traveling one province to the next that uh, they're going to require an electronic logbook. Um, <clears throat> so it's, it's, it's coming. And uh, I would say most of trucking companies have either um, embraced this um, and, you know, have, are already on e-logs. Obviously there's some firms that are still um, working their way through it. And um, we did, um, I have a lot of meetings throughout the last few years with um, the different stakeholders at the government level, Transport Canada, CCMTA, just to make sure that we we had this, um, the mandate was going to go over well. The, the e-logs were, um, I guess, certified. And um, so, yeah, I mean, Transport Canada obviously uh, wanted a third party to certify the e-logs. It was a little different than the U.S. The U.S. they were self-certified. Um, the companies were self-certifying themselves, so that it was they they had some issues with that. So we kind of we kind of took it an extra level, and um, you know, third-party certification was was the way to go. And I think that if you go on Transport Canada's website, there's um, there's an area where there's the suppliers that have been certified right now are there. Uh, there's a couple of them there, but, um, and the reason they're doing that is because we didn't want, they didn't want any tampering with the devices. Mm. Obviously this is, um, this is important and this is really to, uh, dear, uh, to the hours of service, um, for our industry and for safety reasons. Um, this was the right path to take in order to make sure that the e-logs were introduced uh, properly. So June 12th, I mean, every province, it is a federal mandate and we are uh, legislated federally, but the administration, the enforcement is done provincially. Therefore, every province is going to really, um, I guess, uh, enforce these uh, to their 
I guess, to their standards, if you want. So, for example, you know, we're having discussions right now, and it's probably going to be a phased-in approach. Like the first six months, there's going to be a lot of education for the carriers, a lot of education for the different officers, and and uh, so you know, probably warnings and things like that. If if someone doesn't have an e-log or or um, is still tr trying to figure out how they work, and so. Um, probably the, the, the first six months is going to be a, a good um, soft enforcement if you want. And then we're probably after that, we're going to start to see some, some harder um, enforcement towards uh, carriers that don't have e-log. So that's what we're anticipating. That's basically the discussions that have, that have been having at uh, the government level. Uh, the Canadian Trucking Alliance is really involved in this as well. The, uh, they um, made some recommendations uh, with our support to uh, the federal government, you know, it, it sort of a phased in approach, like in four phases, you know, warnings, it's, you know, education warnings and maybe um, some, some type of fines. Uh, because at first, the, uh, what was going to happen is that June 12th, you know, a dead stop. And then if you, if you have someone with, with no e-log, they were going to be put out of service. So it's uh, really a dramatic, uh, yeah. dramatic move and a very aggressive move. So we, you know, the provinces individually said, you know, this is, we can't, we can't really um, do it that way. That, that would be um, unfair. Yeah. It, would, it would probably put some companies out of service and, you know, and, and that means the supply chain would be impacted. So there's there's all kinds of impacts that, that would come out of that. So a soft enforcement, I think, is the right approach. And uh, probably within the, the next 12 months, you know, we're going to see these, um, I guess, be more, uh, we're going to see officers be a little bit more aggressive with the enforcement. But, yeah, it's, it's uh, a good change for the industry. Yeah, it is. I think... Um from our standpoint as a carrier, uh, we've been we've had electronic logging devices for years. Um, at this point, it was something that we adopted very early. <laughs> and at first, um, we were on um, the uh, AOBRD or the automatic onboard recording device, which uh, was kind of the first phase for us. And it's still it, it it is what it is. It's still an electronic logging device, but there's more, I guess uh, you'd say, flexibility in what you can and can't do with it. Whereas the ELD is definitely um, more structured. It's uh, it's harder to tamper with, which is as you mentioned, it's a good thing for the industry. Like long of the days where drivers can run, you know, three different paper logbooks and run up and down the road pretty much like for an infinite amount of time. Um, that just simply is unsafe and it 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 it, it will stop um, but you know i think some of these smaller carriers uh, like i said we've been we've been on eld now for for a significant amount of time and it definitely does pose some challenges um where you know what what do you do when uh, now all of a sudden all if you have an onboard or an on-site maintenance facility all your maintenance techs have to log in and log out as they move equipment throughout the the terminal or into the shop and you know what happens when um you know administratively what happens if a truck is you know at a third party maintenance facility and those maintenance techs obviously don't have logins for your uh, your devices and stuff so there's some challenges that way but 
just to give an, uh, the listeners an idea of kind of each device is, you know, by the time it's installed in the, in the, um, in the truck is, you know, a couple thousand bucks. And, and, uh, you know, then you have the new, the whole computer system that's in the back end and, and you really need to hire somebody, um, to really, um, you know, become that kind of in-house, um, logbook auditor to make sure that drivers are, 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 you know, doing what they should be doing and, and they're logging things correctly. And, uh, like you said, cause this is a big safety thing and, and, uh, DOT officers are going to be pushing it for good reason, but it is a, a, a big jump for some of these smaller carriers to, to, you know, get into this ELD, um, game and they have no choice. So this phased approach is definitely, definitely the way to go. I think, um, in the states, I think you know when it first came out, you've seen some small, a bunch of smaller carriers uh, kind of just say, "Well, enough is enough," and we we're not gonna, or we can't afford to get into it, and and they just kind of go by the wayside. And um, but again, it, it's a safety thing, right? It's uh, drivers. Uh, it's not. I mean, it is for the drivers, but it's more so for the everybody else that's sharing the road with with our trucks and and uh, it's. Absolutely. We don't, we don't, uh, you know, they're not doing this to, to create issues for trucking companies. No. Yeah. It's definitely for, from a safety standpoint. And I think that, um, I think that, you know, unfortunately the accident, uh, out West a couple of years ago has, you know, made a lot of people realize that, you know, these things, uh, could likely be avoided if there was, you know, um, a little bit more, more to it, um, than just hopping on a truck uh, and operating uh, as you please. I mean, there's, yeah. there's some regulations that we need to follow and, um, you know, it, and it's for the health of drivers as well. And, you know, if you talk to any driver that's been on operating with e-logs, they're going to say, yeah, they were reluctant at first, but now they know exactly um, what their day is going to look like, when they're going to be home, um, when they're going to get, you know, uh, to their customer's place, you know, and things like that. And it's probably making trucking companies much more operationally um, sustainable, um, more efficient and, and things like that. So, yeah, it might seem like a huge hill at first for some small companies, but I, I would say stick with it and yeah. you the rewards after a while. That's not only for your drivers, but for you as an operator as well. Yeah, yeah, it definitely comes down to safety at the end of the day. That's mm -hmm. just The other day I read uh, an article on FreightWaves.com, which if anybody doesn't know FreightWaves.com, it's a great website for um industry news uh, trucking and rail maritime news and you know there's an article that just happened to pop up i knew we were going to have this conversation i think it was yesterday it popped up where an owner of a trucking company that had about 20 trucks um, just pled guilty to altering um logbook data and they were on the AOR, aobrd devices and you know it's so that's the way it should be, right? Like if somebody's going to alter this stuff and, and force their drivers to run up and down the road, extremely tired or fatigued, it's a safety issue for everybody. And I think, you know, what stemmed this was a, a, a fatal accident, unfortunately, that, you know, caused an investigation. And, and there's so many, uh, so many points of evidence where this, uh, the owner of this company altered 
uh, or got drivers to alter their logbook devices to run up and down the road and, you know, a, a load that's that, that pays the company a thousand bucks or whatever it may be just isn't worth it when you're talking about people's lives and, and uh, you know, it's it's too bad for this person that, that they're, uh, I guess, uh, going to face jail time, I, uh, but it's not too bad because they they tampered with these devices and they put a lot of people at risk. That's right. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's part of the association's role to uh, make sure that, um, you know, the right regulations are in place not to um, create these big challenges for trucking companies, but to really um, be easily adaptable and be uh, fair for everyone. And uh, we think that this, you know, how this was handled uh, from a government standpoint and enforcement is, um, is a good example of that. You know, um, it would have been easy for them to say, okay, well, as of, as of uh, June 12, like I said, you're out of service if you don't want to have one. But, um, you know, I think, you know, when you, when you deal with different provinces and the more you talk with them, the more this, this approach will be um, probably uh, best and uh, will give a chance to everybody to come into the ELD game. Um, you know, at, at a, in a timely fashion, but also, you know, giving them a chance to really adapt to the new, the new way of things with, you know, with, uh, with trucking. So, and again, it's got to be safer now. There's, there's a lot more we can do. Um, but this is just one example of, of, um, one of the changes, uh, yeah. but, you know, don't be surprised that down the road there's there's more things coming um you know to prevent um you know uh, things to happen on the road to to help us uh, be safer and things like that because let's be honest there's uh, we realized throughout covid um the government started to look at some statistics on how many trucks run the road uh every day every week just be trying to get an idea of um, their risk of, of, you know, COVID being brought into the province and things like that. And it's, you know, they realize it's thousands, thousands every day. And it's, um, and now they realize that, wow, you know, there's, you don't hear of any, um, accidents or, or major uh, things happen uh, when there's thousands of trucks on the road every day. I mean, we're, we're essentially really uh, a safe industry, right? Yeah. And our stats uh, show it. So we're, we're doing some good things. One last question that I have, Jean-Marc, are the, um, maybe not necessarily the APTA, but the CTA here in Canada, are, is there anything on their agenda that you know of, uh, if you can speak to this maybe, um, are they doing anything to work with um, you know, our customers uh, when it comes to the ELD mandate, obviously things for us become, or, you know, shippers or receivers, because for us, things become more rigid, obviously, for good reason. Yeah. But they need to, you know, our shippers and receivers and, and our customers need to understand that, you know, sometimes we may not be able to make a delivery for, for reasons that are out of our control. And, you know, it's, it's important for them to, or, you know, sometimes something that, you know, one type of load that might've been a kind of an overnight shot that's really quickly. And, and it, now th those 
sometimes can only happen if everything works 100% perfectly, which we all know that doesn't all, it's not always the case. So if we're tight for time or this and that, the logbook really um, kind of uh, makes things a little more rigid in what we can do and what we can't do. And I think it's important that our customers and our, our shippers and receivers kind of acknowledge that and they, they and how the logbook changes or how the ELDs change things as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if CTA is, is taking on a big role in this, but there's certainly, um, trucking companies are, uh, yeah. trying to educate their customers and, um, you know, essentially they will have to get there. They got a role to play in this as well. Like you mentioned, um, because it's going to impact the way you, you can only be as, as efficient as, you know, um, as you are within what what you can control, but <laughs> you can't control how fast the shipper or receiver can load and offload you. So it's going to play a big role into it. So yeah. and maybe that's something we can discuss with them because I, you know, I essentially I know that a lot of carriers have been educating their customers on this, and um, it's the same as as loading a truck. Is if they don't load it properly and you have an accident, who's responsible? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of areas like that where customers are have a huge role to play, and this is probably yeah. one area that needs to be addressed for sure. Yeah, I know we have. Uh, you know, we've done our best to educate our customers, on, and you know, we've sent out some some uh, educational pieces to them and stuff like that. But you know, like I said, sometimes it can be. It's nice, or it may be a little more significant when it comes from kind of a higher up association, not just the carrier who's, you know, um, hauling the freight. But yeah, it's funny, like you mentioned, loading practices and stuff like that. Uh, like nowadays, our drivers aren't even allowed on the docks, and, and wow. everything is sealed. And there's, you know, that's right. so you know, there's just another. Maybe that's for another discussion sometime. We'll have a, a yeah. two podcast, but. <laughs> You know, no, we have all this technology in place so we can see when our, our trailer doors are open for how long, whether the Reaper's been running and, you know. That's the point. That's, that's, yeah. now have a bigger role to play than ever, really, when you think yeah. about it. And, and it's too bad sometimes I think the carriers are always the one that, that uh, the finger's always pointed in our direction. And yeah. even in some cases, it's, it's 100% out of our control. And and we did the job that that we needed to do, right? We we, right. you know, if a product is loaded and it's coming out of a field and it's hot, well, our reefer still did the job it was supposed to, but yet we're the ones that maybe get penalized for it. But that's another discussion for another day, I think. Yeah, insurance is a hot topic these days too. Oh yeah. Well, maybe we'll plan a, a round two uh, discussion uh, with you sometime. I think it's. Uh, I think it's fun to sit around and, and talk about these uh, kind of hot topics and it's uh, good for our listeners uh, um, to understand uh, some of the challenges we face and, and all the good stuff that we're doing as an industry. So um, yeah, thanks for hopping on. I know you're, you're really busy these days. We appreciate you taking the time to, to kind of hang out with us. No, that's my pleasure. And I do want to give a big shout out to all the men and women out there that drive uh, the trucks every day. Great job. Um, you know, it's been, I know it's been challenging the last year, but thank you very much for your, for your continued uh, devotion to the industry. Yeah. Yeah. We second that. Uh, 
Definitely. And if people want to find out more uh, about the APTA, uh, where can they find you guys? Uh, well, our website, APTA.ca, there's, there's everything that you, um, you're probably looking for is right on there. Or give us a call at 506-855-2782. We'll be glad, glad to talk to you. Perfect. Thanks so much, Sean Mark. Thanks a lot, Sean Mark. <laughs> All right. Take care. Take care. Take care. Perfect. And for our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And until next time, keep the rubber side down. <laughs>